Hot damn, you're listening to Frolicking Chronicles, a Frolic Inc. broadcast. goodness can um we just say how brilliant and i'm just gonna play this right from google translate denis villeneuve denis you are amazing 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 Jaden called it the dune reboot it was epic on so many levels it is getting rave reviews we knew internationally it was thriving the big question was would it have the same response here in the United States? And for a $165 million budget movie, it will surpass and make its money back and then some, which is really exciting because it simultaneously opened up in the theaters and on HBO Max. Well, which lucky for us, we also got to watch it. On HBO Max this, this morning. morning over breakfast. Right. I'm trying to see if my sound's okay or not without breaking this. Okay. Hold on. I'm checking some techie stuff. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to tell you guys a little backstory on how we even got involved in Dune. Uh, our editor, Jaden, uh, has read the book three times over. Also her he, son. Yeah. And he says, you guys need to do a book review on Dune. And then we need to go see it. And I'm telling you, the world's problems would be null if people just read Dune. All of us humans would align. Uh, well, he's not wrong. And I think, too, I mean, you probably talk about this maybe a little bit later, but you were saying that you don't care for Star Wars. And, Guys, and we kind of, me. we were talking about this. I enjoy Star Wars. And I loved going to Disneyland with uh, Sophia. I loved the more feminine, you know, feminist reboot uh, with Ray and and all of that. I do um, like her character. Yeah, but I, I'm not on pins and needles waiting for the next Star Wars to come out. I have fond memories as a kid of the Ewok one. See, I can't even tell you the title of whichever one that was. Right. And honestly, for me, and Samantha said it best earlier. Over. Yeah, breakfast. that's what I was going to say. It's Star Wars is basically basic. Good versus evil with mm-hmm. some fun and fantasy roped in and some fighting where Dune is layers upon layers, politics, religion, um, supernatural yeah, I, uh, power and the environment. And so for me reading Dune, it took me a little bit to kind of get into it. But mostly I feel like that's because I don't know how to say or pronounce out, pronunciate Arrakis, um, melange. What is the spice? I have no idea. Okay. I just call it the spice. <laughs> the spice. And so for me, once I got past that part and you really start kind of diving into those different layers I was talking about and not just one specific religion, this Frank Herbert, he studied for four years his notes on oh, the he totally chance did. He totally of did. his book being published in the mid-60s. And I just feel like that commitment, who does that? I mean, everybody's trying to get like a viral, something to go viral in 30 seconds, you know? Who commits four years of their life to write a book 
that is amazingly that's right. It took him four years. Yeah. And then the rewrite, he typed about a million words just to make sure he kept track of everything. I mean, I'll tell you at the end of the book, uh, the afterword written by his son was oh, probably really my favorite this. part because it really dissected the research and the, the discipline. To me, that's a discipline. Yes. Agreed. Right? I'm going to commit. So many people say, oh, I'm going to write a book or, oh, you should write a book. Oh, I should write a book. How many people actually do it and then do it with that much research? Yeah, I think the book came out in 1965, if I remember correctly. And I'll tell you what, just going back on the Star Wars thing just a little bit. Mm -hmm. A lot of the Star Wars anticipation for some of the newer newer films just were a miss on me. Some of the characters, the way that Natalie Portman was, to me, scandally dressed. I thought, what is this director doing? There was a lot of misses for me in Star Wars. Okay. And if you rewatch some of them, you'll you'll probably relate to what I'm saying. Uh, I just felt like there was a, a lot of unnecessary moments in Star Wars for me. Not an avid fan of the novels. However, with Dune, Frank Herbert, I cannot express enough that Denis really captured the characters, the humanity of these characters, the way that they interact. Uh, the importance of the different sub- subject matters that Tamantha had just expressed, like with environment, is so relevant for today. Uh, gosh, today. I mean, I think that's what struck me the most. I mean, I do read books that are political based or, you know, uh, and I like science fiction. I like adventure. I feel like this book kind of encompassed all of that. And by the way, the film only covers the first book so it's like there's two books inside the Make one the book second? i really hope do we know if they're making the second i would be shocked I if they so. didn't i really hope so I, I mean maybe our followers or subscribers can comment below like what's the haps i just went on google to research the right now it's october 23rd um so we saw it yesterday on friday we went to the imax regal theater in uh the spectrum center and my goodness That was the right way to go. Okay, I was like, oh my gosh, guys, we're going to see it at 1040. Oh, man, I oh, feel so we old. old. <laughs> I need a power nap. I need vitamin B12. I need a coffee, you know. But somehow, well, I'll tell you how. The movie was exciting. The movie was exciting. And by the way, I do think like the cappuccinos and everything we had in the lobby, it was really nice. When you walk into the Irvine um, the Regal, Regal Theater, mm-hmm. theater um, to your left, they, oh, actually the left and the right, they actually had little seating areas. And so we were able to be inside and sit on couches and they were kind enough to let us go get our concessions while we waited for the rest of our party. I mean, Jaden and his best friend, Cedric, secured like 16 tickets. Oh my gosh, we had such a huge group of us, which did bring me back to our twilight days. I won't lie. But, um, <laughs> but I also just felt like it was... It's been so long since we've done a big group thing of anything. Sure. Outing, I would say. Uh, I mean, of course, you, Eric, and Paxton and I have been going on a lot of double dates to cover different things that we want to do. But I just felt like uh, when Paxton and I were driving over there, I only have 20 minutes from Orange Spectrum, but it was like, this is what keeps us young. Yes. So if yeah. you're you feeling like an old fogey, just... 
go, go out, go to people. elite, go to elite <laughs> show one night. <laughs> we had our, you feel cool. <laughs> our youngins group shot. And then all of us, uh, and not that you elders. have to feel cool. It just makes you more relatable. I feel to the younger crowd and what they're doing. Well, and that was what was so cool about the theater was full. Oh, the theater was full. And keep in mind, Jaden secured these tickets a few weeks ago and they mm-hmm. were online between him and his his buddy uh, looking at the seats, trying to figure this, that and the other. Uh, and it took both of them because there was you. a limit. Thank you, Cedric. Thank you, yeah, Jaden. That was, was awesome. really fun. All I had to do is Venmo some money or something like that. Yeah, I want to say like Deadline uh, says Dune bumps up in China with $16 million through Saturday. Will cross $200 million worldwide on Sunday. That's from the international box office numbers. So if you haven't seen it yet, people want to go back to the movies, even though HBO yeah. Max, it's on there. Now, that that's what I was talking about earlier. So Ronnie came over last night after the movie and stayed the night so we can make sure we knocked out all our podcast stuff because Jaden was adamant we need to get this one done. Mm-hmm. We need to get this right as it's hot and I, and he I didn't agree. want us trying to do two podcasts in one day. Or anything. He said, no, no, no. Sometimes I, yeah, we're pushing it. Dune only. That's Dune, it. we're following his rules. Okay. So, um, you know, the thing that I also loved about the book Dune and the movie, the new one, is that it was about the book, the book, the book mm-hmm. in some of the articles mm-hmm. that I read. Ecology was the science of understanding and consequences. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Frank Herbert compared melange, and if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sorry, I did not listen to the audiobook. The spice to oil, like fossil fuel, we are dependent on. And that could not be more real. And that, again, political economic layer, but also how it is detrimental to the environment you know spoilers guys there's spoilers that we're going to talk about Uh, in some levels of the book it went in deeper of course the environment they were trying to get water that water was an issue water is becoming a huge issue for us here in california and uh as things are drying up lake mead and the man-made lakes and the rivers and so as i was reading this book i felt oh jesus christ help us man (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like, I'm like, this is like, this is kind of foretelling. And this was written in the 60s. That's humans, a Humans are word. ruining the planet. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't laugh about that. But I'm going to find my little quote but that I highlighted. But it's kind of uh, interesting, too, to me, the way the cast came together and how the majority of the cast said, this is my dream project. In fact, Hans Zimmer was asked to compose The Tenant, which Denis has said is also a masterpiece. And I'm a big Tenant fan. I can watch that movie a gazillion times. I have to watch it a gazillion times so I can even understand, understand it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but once again, it's a film that's made for IMAX. You know, that's how Christopher Nolan is and um, that's how he films. So for us, it really was a treat to see it on that really grand oh. screen. But my point being is... Hans Zimmer basically told Christopher Nolan, I cannot score your movie Tenet because I got invited to do Dune and he had been wanting, he's basically composing it since he was a child. He's His just whole life he's wanted that, to do that. In, yeah, like that book affected him so much and affected Denis, I think like at 13 or 14 years old. And we have a, a colleague, um, shipmate actually, uh, Jackson, uh, Damon, and we'll have to invite him to chit chat with us about his experience because I remember being on the Jarvis and he was reading the book and it was not his first time reading Dune. And he said, this book changed my life as a teenager. And so and then- I want to know how Damon, you need to let us know. Um, yeah, I mean, 
did it affect the way he thought of the environment? Did it think of, you know, what, what I was it? I think it was... Fear is the mind killer. I oh, mean, this okay. is somebody I who joined the military. Yeah, this is somebody who joined the military at a very young age. He started out in the Air Force and then crossed over to the Coast Guard, and that's how we met him. Mm-hmm. And as a you know young African American gay male, I think I'm guessing that that really probably was a powerful statement. It's like fear well, is the mind killer. So if you're fearful, you're not going to achieve. So just. Right. I feel like we're jumping into our last little talking bit, but um, I want because I want to talk more about that whole Mm -hmm. fear piece and and actually read it to our listeners that may not have read the book. And it they do say it throughout the movie, but it also is. um, Well, you've seen those T-shirts around. That's where it's from. Yeah. Um, But just back to that whole environment piece, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that uh, Brian, who did the afterword for his father, he said, Dad saw a Western man inflicting himself on the environment, not living in harmony with it. And that, to me, just mm, spoke volumes of, you know, these things that we're seeing. And in the movie, the visual impact of people from different planets battling it out for the spice. Well, I think it was what captivated me in the film and in the book is that strategic chess match for power which we can relate to in modern times. You know, you see how these politicians are putting all their, you know, um, pieces. Pawns out there. Yeah, basically. And it's just a very, very layered book, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think then when you bring in that human element that they are actual real people in the book. I mean, obviously characters, but I'm saying like she's a mom. You know, she's a mom. a mom. And he's a Jessica dad. And Paul's relationship is so, to me, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Even the dad and the way he cared for his son. Dad, what if I'm not the future of House Atreides? A great man doesn't seek to lead, he's called to it. But if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. They weren't married, you know, because for political reasons, he wanted to be able to be open to marrying somebody from another, you know, strategic bloodline, if you will. So Jessica, Paul's mom, was always the concubine. But she also was okay with it. She accepted it. Yes. It's not something that I think upset her or it's sure. just the things the way they were and that uh, society that she came from and her training it all led to that bigger picture they were always working on the bigger picture mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. jesuit mm-hmm. was that Benign, her yeah. Benign, yeah so i feel like what was enjoyable about the movie was also the casting the for actors sure. for sure the actors the emotion, I mean, these weren't just run-of-the-mill actors. We have Zendaya, we have Timothy Shamalot, we have Chalamet. Chalamet. Always say that wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Timothy. I'm sure you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, oh gosh, who plays Jessica? You said she was from Sweden. Rebecca Ferguson. She's a Swedish actress. From Doctor Sleep, who we also yeah, love that movie. That right now. Yes, um, I was right. Rebecca Ferguson, we... Once again, but even like J- Jason uh, Momoa, did I say that right? I feel he- like Jason is usually eye candy. I agree with our mama friend. 
Annette, and she says he's just eye candy. She always thinks he's not that great of an actor. And I can see her perspective. I mean, you know, who else could play Aquaman? I'm sorry. I mean, great. I know that's a combination of eye candy, like Thor. I mean, but my point being is he really owned that role. He owned it. And you know what? His Ohana came out in that. Yeah. His Aloha spirit, his whole vibe. I wish more humans were that engaged with each other and caring and thought they all loved Paul. Hey, you. Want some muscle? I did. And no matter if you read the book or not, you can't help it. They all had an interest in him, not because they believed he was the next Messiah, which is where the book will end up going. Uh, You know, basically, it's an adventure story of a Messiah on a desert planet. And, you know, I think in the movie, I'd like to what it said there. uh, Is it Caladan? was the water planet basically mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and then they needed to get the power of the desert which yes. was arrakis and the power was through the spice yeah and, and the also people, the people the i would say because these are very intelligent people who were very uh disregarded um for the from the other you know the yes, villains of they the were film like outcast and they only thought they had like 50,000 and turns out there's like tens of thousands tens i mean of a thousands crazy of amount of um, innovative power and innovative yes, very clever um so what did you feel once you saw this film in comparison to the david lynch 1985 version <laughs> which we could <laughs> well okay i, I just through the i just want to say i did watch the david lynch one after i finished the book because it was the only thing i could grasp onto and i, I don't want to bag on it so much only in the sense that you said that um Although I feel like he's being sour. You said that he's not going to want to see this one because he didn't get the budget. Well, here's the thing. um, So, David, I'm a huge fan of David Lynch, right? Yeah, Twin Peaks. Peaks, Awesome. uh, All of that, Twin Peaks. And the thing is, is that with David Lynch, he didn't get the budget that he originally wanted in 1985 or when they were in production. And so he had to kind of like piece it together. I think there was a a moment where Jessica's character is kind of narrating the thing. Um, They shove the whole book into one film. right? And so I will read a quote that I came up on Looper and it says, it was a heartbreak for me or heartache for me. Lynch said of his 1984 version of Dune, it was a failure and I didn't have final cut. I've told this story a billion times. It's not the film I wanted to make. I like certain parts of it very much, but it was a total failure for me. So it's sad because, you know, in other things you hear, he's he doesn't want anything to do with this film. He doesn't want to go see it. He doesn't want to hear about it. And probably it's just, it's just putting salt in the wound. But if he can switch his mentality to really embrace, embrace it, it and say, like, hey, what, yeah. I get, like, I... That's what I could have... I would have loved to have done that, right? Okay, so I just was reading from Yahoo Entertainment, Dune versus Dune, why David Lynch's version is a lot more fun than Denise Villanueva's... I'm totally botching that. Um, by Eric Co on 102321 IndieWire. It's a ridiculous blast. Assumption has been David Lynch got Dune 1984 wrong, or 1985, while the one got the adaption right. It was about the book, the book, the book. He added Lynch's much like um, Alejandro Jodor... 
Wachowski's, which if you've watched that documentary, it's like Jaden said, it's the best movie never made. Um, Unrealized production years earlier suffered a fatal flaw. I don't know if he was really interested by Dune, said the current director of the one that just released, so much as his own um, predilections as a filmmaker. Yet, that's what makes the earlier Dune so fascinating. It fuses Hubert's geopolitical sci-fi world building with Lynch's own... um, malleable dreamscapes resulting in an absorbing blend of B-movie storytelling, because that's what it felt like, but of course I was giving it grace because it's been so many years, oddball Freudian signifiers and an adventure visual palette. Um, yeah, I didn't did, feel any of that when I was watching that. I did appreciate it did that Sting was it did. in it. Well, <laughs> it didn't win, but it got nominated for Oscar for the best sound. So the special effects at that time, even though they're goofy now, were praised and applauded and i do okay i'm gonna say i do love that it's book one and hopefully we get book two because david lynch is squeezing it all together oh yeah it was just, not a good it, call. the book is really i mean it's not a small book right we got the beautiful version in the back here yes that's Jaden's um, hard copy in the back and it yeah has a beautiful um blue edge on this it's it's just stunning but you know so there's obviously a lot of differences also that were in there and um yeah uh dordowski's dune which actually one of my um tenants uh, at uh at my job he was telling me about it because he said it it it's worth the watch if you like dune but that's pretty spectacular if you're a huge fan you should definitely check out that document but uh nerd rant inverse uh ryan Britt said earlier this month, the strongest Dune is the one we never saw. Basically, his uh, redesign would have strayed from the book. So, I mean, it would have because he wanted Pink Floyd to do the soundtrack. So no Hans, that would have sucked. Um, who who are you saying was Jordowski's Dune? Have you heard mm-hmm. about that? I think I have, but I haven't researched it myself. Yeah, but I think you and I talked about this when we first started reading Yeah, the it's a really long, uh, well, it's an hour and 30 minutes, and it yeah. can get kind of dry, but yeah. it's just worth knowing, when you're talking about the fandom of Dune, it's been, like, what, what is it, 60? So we're in 2021? Mm-hmm. So 60 years? Is that right? What's the I math don't know. on you that? You have to pull a calculator out. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Okay, 65, we're in 2021. I mean, that's a long time ago. And so there is a huge fandom for many, many years. And many, you know, like a few people wanted to make this film and only a few got a chance. Yes, that would be real. And once again, just going back to the cast. I mean, can we just give praise to people like Josh Brolin? I mean... They really own their characters. I they mean, owned he, it. him you as Gurney was. <laughs> I just felt like they casted so well. Who's they did those casting directors. I mean, those guys. And you believed that the parents were actually Timothy's parents. Yes. I mean, I felt like the mom and the dad like really kind of looked like made that kid. What honor! They tried to kill my son. <laughs> it was it was really really so well done. amazing. Yeah, um, but speaking of that, Dr. Kynes actually in the new movie changed, um, the gender changed. She's mm-hmm. actually the actress from uh, Sex Education, uh, Sh- Sharon Duncan Brewster. I knew she looked familiar, 
But I thought that was kind of a cool twist, mm-hmm. book versus movie, that they, you know, changed the gender role on that. Um, they also left out Jessica was um, sus- suspicious. Uh, people were sus- What did you say, Gurney? He yeah, was, he, thought, he that, thought that she mm-hmm. was the saboteur, but it really was. Um, that they were trying y'all, to think she was the villain you, of it and she had planned it. Yeah, and then, um, oh, and then the scene with Jameis, uh, when they fought Paul and Jameis, that didn't happen so quickly in the book, right? They waited to get back to where their tribe kind of um, lived before that fight happened. It wasn't in the open desert. Mm. Yeah, and I do remember um, Shawnee's character gave her some, gave Paul some tips. Like, yes. you know, I thought they did a really great adaptation, though. I really think that they nailed this film. Oh, I felt like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm saying they're just small, subtle like with any book to movie where you go, oh, wait a minute, is that how that happened? Okay, we we had to re-remind ourselves. Yeah, and then, I, then you know, I love it when, like, this is from RadioTimes.com, so they kind of broke down a couple different things, like, you know, the doctor was uh, a male in the book. Which, yeah, which was fine. And even yeah. then, there was a moment between Paul and the Duke where the Duke tells him, please tell your mom I should have married her. But in the film, they he actually says it to her. Right. And I I saw there were some very sweet moments. Right. Let me just say the most powerful scene in that film for us. Yes. Was when Jessica's head mother comes. Yes, the head witch. Paul has to do the test. And she basically realized to him, um, this is why you would... Die. He say? Need to die. And he says, because of who my father is. Yeah, I'm a son I'm... of a duke. And he's getting kind of sassy. sassy. Yeah, about it. And she replies, that is not your only bloodline. In because regards... you're the son of Jessica. Yes. And so I was like, damn. Straight up. Son, you have two bloodlines here. And the one that is giving you power is actually from your mother. Your mother. Duke aside. Ooh. Yes. And I appreciated that so much because when you are raised in the patriarchy in a misogynist environment which most of us women are and have been okay i thought praise to the mother because we get power from our mothers too it is not just who you're you know who's the heir on the father's side well and that's the thing he's thinking he's getting the power by his dad's title right and the reality is is his superpower is actually from his mom. And so that scene was epic. So thank you, Frank, for writing the book. But thank you, Denis, for focusing in on that. I mean, And that scene making the cut. It was the scene made the cut. Love it. Brilliant. And I just feel like um, it was poetic Mm -hmm. when the Duke is the Baron's prisoner and the way they had him laid out like Michelangelo's you know, <laughs> Sistine Chapel. Yes. Um, you know, that that really, what the creation of Adam, I felt like he was like kind of presenting as Adam. I could be wrong, but that was the visual I There's got There's our from Catholicism it. sneaking yeah. back in again. Always. Um, but it, to me, it just had that kind of beautiful, I mean, he was in the nude. We didn't see his privates or anything, but just the way he was. <laughs> <laughs> just the way that he was, I mean, he's like laid out in the chair and I thought, Gosh, that's so stunningly beautiful um, because he's obviously 
if you read the book, no, he's not going to make it. Yeah. Well, even in some of the interviews that we've watched, and best believe Jaden has had his dad and I watch so many of these interviews of the actors and cast being um, chit-chatted with. uh, Amazing, amazing, amazing. And they kind of talk about different things about this film. And so you talk about no spoilers, but... There's a couple of times where the Duke in real life, the actor who's portraying him, actually let something go. And we're like, shoot, if you haven't read the book, you wouldn't have known that. So hopefully it didn't ruin it for some people. And isn't he the same actor that was in Star Wars? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. Okay. I love the helicopters. The thopters. The thopters look like dragonflies. And I thought oh my gosh the cgi team i don't i avoided watching any documentaries leading up to oh. this because i just didn't want to be we watched spoiled like, the, like when the cast was um because they spent a lot of time in venice mm-hmm. and there were some just cool moments with them like on the red carpet when it premiered there i guess the italian girl teenagers were trying to they had never had somebody try to break in during that film festival what and these Young teenage girls were all about Timothy Chalamet, oh, and they were. I guess I can see that. Yeah, in there, and so um, they had to like beef up their security. They weren't like anticipating that, but they would do these interviews. And actually, it's um, uh, I think her name is Cynthia. Um, oh, I can't think of her last name right now. Anyway, she was the one that was in Harriet, um, brilliant Broadway actress uh, in the color uh, purple. She actually got to interview them for Entertainment Channel. And How awesome. it was really amazing just seeing the actors um, talk about just their whole dynamic together. I mean, Timothy is, first of all, I don't know how how young he is because he's still, I think, early 20s. He might be Trent and Jaden's age. He, did you see him in Lady, do you remember the movie Lady Bird? Did you ever watch yeah, Lady Bird? Yeah, I saw Lady Bird. Yeah, so that's my first encounter with him. He didn't, he wasn't like a, the best character in there, but um. So again, one of the A twenty four. I remember him from Beautiful uh, Boy. That Beautiful was Boy was that, hauntingly. Um, Call me by your name. I did was, not. Got, I did not he got watch critical that one. For yeah, I didn't watch that one yet. Uh, but he's just a wonderful actor, and him. I don't know. I just feel like wow, just wow. You know, she. It, it is a wow. This is who I'm talking about, Cynthia. Arrival. She was also in um, Stephen King's outsider yes which, let me see it um oh you'll recognize her yeah right no away. no which now who was she in it she was the one who did the interview that we saw in venice oh, okay. and i just thought it yeah, was yeah. really great that they brought she this also broadway um i'm not did sure she play the reporter in cruella I no like i don't she. think so no no she would have had more of a starring role she was just amazing i let don't think see. so well you can look up her casting or something like that but anyway she's she's from uh yeah harriet she was great in harriet. she was amazing in harriet and she is from uh london she's from the uk and she's just amazing person and so i thought how cool she gets to interview all these people and david um batista was on there all of them she has an amazing 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 paxton said he had a hard time with batista because batista how do i say it because um he's so nice (laughs) so he had a hard time him playing very cruel no, just him being cast as the villain. He's used oh. to him being more nice in more of the films we've seen. You know, Guardians, like, he's the fun. I guess because he used to be a wrestler and everything, and I've listened to a couple of his interviews on Michael Rosenbaum. Um, he actually really has, like, a really serious street side, and I'm like, dang, don't mess with him. Yeah. He was raised by two lesbians, by the way. Oh, that's, yeah, that's he probably has, why he's so cool. Yeah, he's really, really cool. 
really, really cool. All right. So, sorry, yeah. So, David Lynch, 1985. David Lynch, I hope that you actually, um, once again, just turn that whole thing around, that narrative around, and, and go celebrate these yes. people who brought this book to a whole nother generation. You know, so, the fact that my son is so into amazing. It. Okay. I'm having a hard time looking at this. Uh, Cruella Panic, Cynthia and Barrow. I feel like that was her, but it didn't like. No, I don't show think up. so. Hmm. Anyway, I let's moving on, Samantha. Um, we have this wonderful cocktail. You know, I'm really thirsty. I'm watching over here. The ice is melting. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Campari, Italian, which is fitting since they had their big premiere in Venice. Italy. That is true, it. but it also. I just was thinking more of the color. Uh, we've done cinnamon-based type mm-hmm. drinks. A lot of them, actually. We're not huge fans of cinnamon, per se. Uh, but we're just coming off of Nightmare on Elm Street, which, mm-hmm. you know, was the little spark the fire. Spark the fire. Um, in that. So I just, I was gravitating to this book cover. And so I thought, oh, Campari. Also, it is bittersweet liqueur um, with orange peel, cherry, cloves, and cinnamon. I didn't realize cloves was in there, but that makes Neither sense. Neither did I. Like I was saying earlier for a real, Aperol Spritz, a lot of people love Aperol. Mm-hmm. That's actually sweeter than the Campari. Campari is more bittersweet, which is what we always usually gravitate to. That's why I like tonic. So this is a Campari tonic. Guys, so simple. It's way simple. One part Campari. You know, put that in your highball glass or whatever glass you want to use. Then fill it with ice. Top it off with tonic water. Or, you know, well, it won't be a Campari tonic if you don't use tonic water. So you got to use tonic water. And we use a light tonic water uh, from the store brand, uh, select brand at Vons. Vons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, I usually like, like the Indian um, ones. I do. But you know what? Affordability-wise and just, you know, if you're having a couple things on stock, like, you you know, if you're having a get-together, you just want to have. Uh, yeah, I'm let's get see into it. it. Here. Well, and then... Again, I'm going in with my left hand. I'm trying not to hit my mics. Oh, cheers again to Dune. Okay. I have a stir stick in mine. But we also garnished with these gorgeous, and for our viewers on YouTube, you can see the dried orange. You can get those at Trader Joe's, which when we used to go to Lake Powell, we did a couple summers. There were some friends. One of the gals brought those for her April spritz. Mm. And so I just... Hey, that's a great keeping I'd actually garnish snack on that. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. have mine soak inside of it. Look at that. Look at that. Come on. That is a gorgeous. Isn't that drink. so pretty? Now you can see us uh on Instagram. Ronnie will be posting our little footage we took in my kitchen earlier. But uh yeah, Campari tonic. It is my favorite. I loved how simple it was. You should have seen the us. simplicity. We're like, how how do we um you know, because it's about presentation. You know, mm-hmm. we're trying to do these TikToks and we're trying to do the IGTV. And I said, we need to go to the beach and get some sand. And she said, well, add glitter. And, you know, that's how our big brain works together. And, yeah, so there it is. Oh, it's funny. You can see in our story. Yeah, so we went and got some sand from the beach because I'm about a mile from the beach. And we thought it would be fun to put glitter. Sorry, Trent. We know glitter is bad for the environment. <laughs> but guess what? I'm going to hold on to this sand and glitter uh, for all of eternity that I live in a Ziploc bag, which is also bad for the <laughs> we'll environment, use it. <laughs> but it will use it for uh, whatever we whatever need. crafty thing happens. You know, it won't it won't go to waste. So, Tamantha, yes, can we talk about fear is the mind killer? Okay, can, can I? Some? Let me read this. Okay, this is why. Okay, 
Fear is the mind killer, as Ronnie said. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. Obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Doom I Chronicles it. number one. That's and why Jessica I wanted. Because does it in the film, and so does Paul when he's flying. And the, when he's flying, yes, and it just. And that's why I said, oh, I want to talk about that, you know, definitely uh, in more in depth. Because even that has layers. Mm -hmm. Look, don't let fear kill you, as you were saying, Mm -hmm. right? Fear is the mind killer. Once you succumb to fear, it's like saying I can't. You already can't. It ends up being a mental block. But then what I liked what he said, I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. I will be more than the The fear. fear. I will see past it. I will get past it. Do not succumb to fear. And by the way, I think that part where it goes through them, right? It's almost like you become one with the fear. Mm -hmm. So you can rise above it. Mm Mm-hmm. So destroy me, but I will rise like the phoenix. It's like getting a tarot card in tarot. Just embrace what that's going to happen and then let it go through you. Because you're rebuilding, becoming something. Even I felt when he saw his death, it wasn't necessarily his death in the movie. It was the death of who he previously was, rising to the Mm -hmm. Messiah. Mm -hmm. Pretty powerful. Pretty powerful And incredible. Jaden, I don't know if we did this podcast justice. justice. We're actually going to be inviting Jaden to uh, the commentary bit that we're going to be doing for our um, a little bit on YouTube, I think, but mostly on Patreon. And you'll really get a deeper understanding of how important this film was for my family and how it's branched over and spilled over to the Bowman oh, and our other friends. Let's it's talk. So cool. a, let's just talk about it. If you can't read the book, mm-hmm. do the audio. Yes. That is what both Eric and Paxton did. Mm-hmm. And again, Paxton was like, me, couldn't really get started in the book, but I pushed through. He ended up just doing the audio. which and is enjoyed a feat, it. Which is a feat in itself, by sure. the way, because there's still a lot of chapters to commit to. And yeah, and then because we all read the book before the movie, the newer movie, it just made it so much more enthralling. Yes. And... Jaden has read the book at least five times, I think, that I know of. And I kind of feel like I might need to read the next one. Because there's there's he's already finished. Yeah, there's like four or six of them. I think there might be up to six. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jaden said that to me. So we'll put that in our description. Yes, in our show Um, notes. But I'm telling you guys, we've always been impressed with my Jaden. I mean, he's a reader. Um, I mean, he was reading like the Godfather his freshman year, you know, (laughs) he's supposed to be doing read Frankenstein before us. Uh, Of course he did. And so he has really good recommendations. And so as a mom, like that made me super impressed with my kid. Like, wow, he's, he's deep. Not only is it deep, but that he, he invited us to his world. Yes. To say this book is really good and amazing or what have you i'm a really a real fan i will find myself to be able to relate to people i would like to relate to or understand 
reading the books that they're reading, watching the show that they're watching. Um, yeah, you know, it's like good talking points. Yes, and I think for us too is that our mom can even relate to this book because they were products of the sixties, and and so to know that it was written that long ago, and boy, you think that the world has come a long way, but then you think we haven't come far enough we haven't come we're still destroying there's still work the, to be done we're still destroying it in that Frank well Hubert also was, too i think celebrating the different cultures around the world that that's a huge why can't we us. celebrate it yeah why does know? it have to be I you love, versus them yeah and i love the overlays of religion in there mm-hmm. you know we, we often talk about religion because of our catholicism we've had cousins of ours who married muslims and um their weddings were like amazing and you just get this exposure to these cultures you wouldn't therefore other you know unless you go out be and seek open it. why are we not more open and in the in the film i remember telling tamantha like how amazing is it that they concentrate on this prayer and it was very much paralleling um to me the muslim mm-hmm. culture but they're taking time to praise Allah and in they have those undertones in the film of Dune and Samantha said yeah what if we all just took time to pray or meditate yeah and, to and, me, you, and then you'd be meditate. like a cool yeah you'd be like to me like I can handle my life maybe you're chill handle. maybe that'll bring you your chill mm-hmm, factor mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. like I have met those people that meditate regularly and for me that's saying the Hail Marys you know yes. and I just feel like it makes you a calmer person totally and even our cousin, um, Gretch, when we spent some time with her recently, she said um, she had gone to a like a spiritual uh, Shama type of person and they give you mantras. And she said, you know, the only mantra you need is the Lord's Prayer. I and I and I then like I'm the like Lord's re prayer. saying the Lord's Prayer. And I said, oh, my God, because it comes so automated to us. When we're in I mass. know and we say, it, you're not exactly. really paying attention to the words after a while. You just kind of just do it. You're but just you're saying really it like, in cadence with everybody but, else. Yeah. But, you know, just. Frank, you did an amazing job, and we should all be paying attention to these undertones in this book and now the film by Denis because it is very relevant. Very so relevant. relevant. And, and we can learn something. And there's, like we said about the cast, it was casted with familiar actors, so you already have a buy-in and a reason to go see it. It's sci-fi. It's adventurous. There's a lot of action, action-packed. Right. Yeah, because typically I don't enjoy sci-fi stuff. I mean, I I watch it because sci-fi thrillers. I get. I watch it all. But for me personally, fantasy hit or miss. Like I wasn't a Lord of the Rings person, and this is the franchises that they're comparing this okay. film to. They're comparing it to the Star Wars. They're comparing it to the Lord of the Rings, and like, and it, there's so many books, and they can actually build this universe bigger. Yeah. I am so down. I'm on board for this, and you will see me back at the theater waiting in line to see it. Yeah. Go see the film, guys. It was fun. Let us know in the comments what you think. Um, are you a new Dune fan? Hey, maybe you see the movie, then you read the book. Uh, go see Dune. Go see Dune. Cheers to Jaden. Cheers to Jaden. Young Yipper Snapper. Yes. You can learn from the young. 100%.